Welcome to the Moss Talk Podcast. Hey, what's happening with the world? Welcome to another episode of the Moss Talk Podcast. I am your host, Mr. JJ Moss, and I got the honor and the pleasure of having a superb, just masterful lyricist on the show today. Not to mention he's also a hell of an entrepreneur with the moves that he's making. Uh, I can honestly say I've been tapping in with this brother on the music side since he was going by J Omega. And man, it's been an honor and a pleasure to see his rise within music and uh building his own brand. And uh, we're just gonna get to chop it up with a man and get to know more about him. So please welcome to the show today, the one and only Omega Forte. What's happening, my guy? What's going on, bro? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I can't complain. How about yourself? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, uh, great to hear that, man. Before we get into any questions, man, uh, how's your uh, mental space, man? How's everything going? How's the family? Uh, I'm better now, bro. I've been, I ain't gonna lie, man. I've been kind of, I've been kind of down lately, bro, but I'm getting back to myself, though, so. Uh, man, I'm definitely glad to hear that, man. Now, we're going to kick this uh, off, man, with a lot of people, uh, my viewers and my listeners might not be aware of who you are, man, and what do you contribute to the uh, underground Memphis music scene, man. Uh, we're going to start off at the genesis, man. Uh, you, Of course, you're from the city, man. What part of the city are you from? I'm from Westwood. Westwood. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Oh, man. Because I never, uh, I always wondered it. I was like, damn, well, I know, he, of course, he's from the city. <laughs> But I like I always thought like, hey, could he be from the Haven or like? So I've always owned it, man. Okay. Uh, now, take me back to those Westwood days growing up, man. How how would you describe the uh, the upbringing for yourself? Uh, man, it was like pretty much anybody else, man. Um, I mean, I you know, just a regular kid, bro. Really. I mean, I don't want to get into specifics of everything that we did, but you know. Just now, uh, for the household that you grew up in, uh, like where your folks uh, that you're like your uh, immediate family, like, were they very religious, like, or you know, they just you know, they wasn't so heavy with it? Uh, my dad was kind of religious, uh, he was actually in the gospel group. Uh, oh, okay, he started his own gospel group, man. And they, uh, I can't, I can't remember the name of it right now, but uh, they started their group, man, they traveled doing that. Um, but for the most part, we, we kind of were, but we kind of weren't like, it wasn't. So you, I uh, said, so you can say at least you guys were, you guys were religious, but you know, it wasn't heavy influenced on you. Like it wasn't strict. Like what's most households like mine's like you, you go to Bible study, you go to uh, choir rehearsal, you go to the Monday service, then you go to the evening service and stuff like that. <laughs> we go to one service and that's in the morning. That's <laughs> and after that, it's Sunday dinner. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Man, now, before there was a music dream for a young Omega, man, what were you into as a child? Uh, Man, I was in the... Well, I, I played in the band for most of my life. Uh, I started playing in the sixth grade and uh, my brother taught me and then I you know I just I pretty much um I want to say percussion and what else was I at? that's pretty much all I did man. I played a little bit of football but that was 
that wasn't that major though. <laughs> now, do you recall your, like your first introduction to hip hop? My first introduction, uh, my sister. My sister put me on. And what? And what was what was big? What was your sister listening to? Man, she put me on at a young age. Talking about MC Light. Ooh. Aaron J. Uh. Uh, see like these are the type of people that she was listening to. She mm -hmm. man, she was she was she got me into dancing. She got me into rap music. She got me into art. Um, like, honestly, bro, if it weren't for her, I probably wouldn't be rapping in the first place. Oh, well, that's what's up, man. Shout out to sis, then. Now, for you coming up as a uh, young man growing up in Memphis, and when you start having your interest on wanting to get into music, man. Who were some of those individuals that you can give credit to for your incredible lyricism? Like, cause you you dope, you underrated in my book. Like, you are one of the the city's most underrated MCs in my book. Appreciate that. Are you talking about from the city or just music? Just period. It, whether it's from the city or just where, like wherever. Like, who were some of those people that you was listening to every day? Gave their inspiration to like want to pick their pen. Uh, MC Life for sure. Um, I want to say Twister. Twister was one of my my um uh, my 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 big inspirations. Um, I tell people this all the time, bro. People laugh at me, bro. But MC Him, I used to listen to MC Him all the time, bro. Uh, MC Him, and from the city, like I thought, Player Fly was one of the the best lyricists out the city. Like, still to the yeah, so. I, I would agree. I would agree with you. I would yeah. agree with you. <laughs> I would de definitely agree with you because I was listening to um, what was that? I was at work. I listened to "Get Me Out," and like I was listening, he really hardly cursed on there, but he just flowed his ass off on there. And it's like, so cold. <laughs> like, why was this such on the underground level? Like that stuff like this needed to be on the national level at that time, man. So, but it's it's you know I'm it's great that Fly is finally getting his flowers and getting his his just due. Because a lot of people are like just not getting on him, but he's definitely getting his props in, in today's round. Now, as you're coming up and you're getting into your teen years, uh, when do you make that sole decision to want to pursue rap seriously? I didn't want to pursue it seriously in my teenage years. I, um, I started, I mean, I started. Well, as you said. Well, I started freestyling in the uh, cafeteria around like middle school years. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, it was just, you know, I was tongue twisting at the time. So it wasn't really like, like that's how I, I started rapping. Like I, I, was, I started tongue twisting. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, I say, I started doing that at Westwood and then I went to Fairly and it was some, it was some dudes over there that was spitting for real. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So uh, I had to step my game up a little bit, but they, they respected me over there. Though. Like when I got over there, they heard what I said. Um, that's where the, so that's, so fairly is where I got the, the name Teflon from. Ah. I, I, that's when I started like, I right, let me rap a little bit more. And uh, I just started taking the series though until like 2011. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> now, uh, as I was doing my research and you said you didn't, you wasn't pursuing any of your teenagers, you weren't pursuing it seriously. All right. And you uh you end up graduating high school. Uh you attended college, correct? 
You said what? You attended college, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where did you go and what, what were you uh, studying at that time? Uh, I went to Tennessee State. Um, I didn't have a major at the time. I was still indecisive. Um, I ended up going to Arkansas Baptist. And I wanted to be a pharmacist, bro, but it just, I don't know, bro. I just never, I never continued um, down that path, bro. I changed it. And then I went to, I went to Southwest. Mm-hmm. My major there was music, music and art. And I just, I just never finished, bro. Like that was, but that was, that was my major, though, music and art. Oh man. Yeah. And then and then what got to that point where you wanted to really push it in? Cause you said you didn't start uh pursuing it seriously in 2011. So like what was what was going on in your life that led to that decision to want to go ahead and push forward with it? Man, it, I think it was a breakup, bro. Like I had a real Oh breakup. shit. <laughs> in 2011, bro, I had a real bad breakup. And uh, that's when I moved to um, Arkansas and I went to ABC, Arkansas Baptist College. Mm-hmm. I ran into my homie, uh, DC. Uh, he go by Justin Otato, but I, uh, his you know name- I know exactly what he's talking about. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to my, my boy, DC, man. But um, he started, like my homeboy, Drico, he was telling me about, you know, DC and Arkansas or whatever. I was like, okay, I'm going to check him out when I get there. Boy, cold. Too cold. So we started like we started like trying to do like this little duo or whatever. Uh, at the school, they had a, a studio inside the um, in one of the buildings. Mm-hmm. Hang out there all day and write music all day. Mm-hmm. We never got a chance to write, drop any music. But I wrote this uh, freestyle call, freestyle called uh, "Success," and that ended up being like my first real, like real uh, freestyle that I released. But prior to that, I did like a, a couple freestyles to like uh, "Moment for Life." Uh, what was it? Yeah, I remember it. It's on your, on YouTube. I remember it. Yep, and then Ti's. Um, I can't think of the name of that song right now. But I had two music videos prior to that. But I was working with this company, my homeboy uh, C John, Casey Jones. It was me, him. Uh, it started with me, him, Italy, and my brother Fahara. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think. Bahara had so C John and my homie Kenny ended up leaving. So it was just me, uh, Fahara in Italy. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I was with them, uh, C John. Uh, I can't I think it was called Square Root Production. That's what it's called. Okay. They was doing music videos, man. And they ended up doing before um before any of these people got on, they was doing music videos for like uh Moneybag, yo. Uh they did they did videos for pretty much everybody, man. And that's where those two first videos came from. The uh, the two first ones I got. Yep. Oh man, that's what's up. Now, uh, going back to um, you know, saying going back to your catalogs and stuff like that, man. I wanted to. I always wanted to know. Uh, Loud game. How did that come about? And who was all part of it? All right. So, I you know I was friends with uh, my homeboy. Uh, Chose Glenn, chose whichever he go by now. Um, yeah. But I was homies with him and my homeboy Chris um, Strafer. And uh, we was hanging out in one of the homies' apartments. Um, and my homeboy, Paiyu, I ain't know him at the time, but Paiyu pulled up. He heard about me and uh, we had like a little freestyle session or whatever. And he was like, bro, I got to get bro on the label or whatever. Get him, get him with the group. Mm-hmm. It started 
so Paiu reached out. Um, he wanted me to join the group or whatever. I can't remember the name of the label though. Uh, it's been so long since I heard the, the name, but when Paiu reached out, it was me, Paiu, it was Chose, it was Strafer, uh, my homeboy, uh, Breeze, not Blue Breeze, Bliss. No, it was Breeze, it was Breeze, yeah. So it was a few of us, man, and then that's when he picked up SP, then Kingpin came over, then LaRosa. Yeah, yeah, so um, it was initially just me, Chose, Strafer, and, and Paiu at the time. Yeah. Now, you said you uh, don't remember the name of the, uh, the label. It wasn't uh, Indy One, or was that something else? Uh, Indy One was, uh, that was my homeboy, DC. He started a uh, record label, and he wanted me Okay. To- yeah, he tried. He tried his best to get me to come over. I ain't wanna. I ain't wanna be a part of nothing else. Once I left Loud Game, I ain't wanna be a part of nothing else. But uh, he, he he said, man, he promised me some things, bro, and I decided to go over there and make music. So that's where I ended up at last. Man, all right. My introduction to you. This was the J Omega days, and this was Johnny to Success. Hey, it's, it's a part of your story, man. It's a part of the journey. It's a part of the legacy that is Omega Forte, man. Take me back to the creative process of putting that project together, man. Like, what kind of creative space you was in? Because I remember getting there. Like, because I, you actually, you was the reason why I heard of Bandcamp. Mm, oh, for real? Yeah, I, I never knew about Bandcamp because uh, I want to say I had just uh, you just accepted my friend request on Facebook, and because I'm gonna say I think I heard of you through YouTube or something like that. Because this is one of same time I'm just not hearing like about Virgos and stuff like that, and and this whole it was like the whole myth hop scene at this time. And that was like one of my favorite uh, things at the time coming out the city. Like it was like some real underground shit going on in the city. And this is around the time, like I said, you was pushing, uh, you was uh, promoting this. And that's when I heard about you. And that's when I became a fan. Like I said, I, ne- I never heard of Bandcamp until I started, I purchased uh, Journey to Success. Now, what man, what, what kind of creative space you was in at that time, man, putting that whole project together? Man? I'm pretty sure it was, it was some, time, some crazy times. If you go back and listen to that mixtape, that was the breakup I was talking about. Mm. Okay. That breakup kind of counter counterparts at that uh that whole mixtape. Like most of the that mixtape was about that breakup. If you go back and listen to it, it was it was yeah. And and that's crazy because you're able to put a like break down a breakup into like a 16 track project. And that was crazy. But yeah. when when you finally dropped it, like even though it was basically personal, what was the reaction that you ended up getting from people? Uh, I mean, they gravitated toward it. Um, I say the first, I say this all the time, man. The first person that um that ever reached out to me when they heard the freestyle was Snipes. Oh man, yeah, he um he heard uh success, man, and he was like, "Bro, who is this?" And from that point on, man, he he started putting me on shows, but um. Um, Stefan, you you know the comedian Stefan? Oh, uh, he just passed. Rest in peace. Recently passed. Rest in peace to Stefan. He, rest he, in peace. Rest in peace. He put me on one of the first um 
it was a real big event, man. He had some A&Rs and everything come out, man. It was it was at this place on Main Street. I can't think of the name of it right now. But um, he put me on that show, bro. And um, them two, bro, like, he, Stephon used to put me on all the shows after that. Any any open mic, any event he had coming up, he put me on. Uh, same with Snipe. Um, and, yeah, that's that's pretty much how I got started, bro. Once I, once I moved back from Little Rock, uh, Success was the first freestyle I put out. And Snipes, Snipes heard he started telling everybody about it. Now, um, now one thing I looked at, it was like a two-year gap between uh, the first tape and then you going on to Mass Appeal. What was going on in your life uh, between those uh, in the process of making those? Because also, you make the switch to a before tape by the time you release Mass Appeal, too. Yeah, bro, I was, I was, I was a family man at the time. Like, oh. I was, I, my life, you know, because I moved, I ended up, bro, I, I move around a lot, bro, so I noticed it. You be traveling, man. You be traveling. Ain't no wrong with it. Now I ended up moving to Missouri, bro. And um, I started pretty much started a family, man. And I was kind of focused on that. It was a new lifestyle, different lifestyle. Um, seeing new things and being around new people, and just living life, bro. And I guess um, by the time I got the mass appeal, um, it was just pretty much. A lot of the things that I was going through and witnessing at the time, you know what I'm saying? And you can really tell the difference between journey to success and mass appeal because, of course, you are who you are, the dope and a dope ass individual, the dope ass lyricist. But man, you can just tell the improvement in between both, like whether it's production wise and lyrics wise, like. Mm -hmm. Just kicking off that, like the um, uh, was you got the intro and then you um, uh, you got the second one, and then how you just come in and just those all those software beats. I was like, damn, this dude killing it. And I remember because you released it the day after my birthday, you released it May 5th. My birthday is May 4th. I remember now. Um, so once I got through the breakup stuff, mm -hmm. like because all my music is kind of personal anyway, but once I got through the breakup phase, um. I, I wrote this one song called Life of Me. <clears throat> my bad. Uh, I wrote this one song called Life of Me, bro. And that's when I changed my, that was the beginning of the style that I have currently. Like I started to change it. And um, it was it was more personal. It was about, you know, um, my dad, you know, uh, relationships in the past. It, it Because most of the tape is about how that person treated me. Mm-hmm. On that particular song, I gave a different perspective on why they, why she could have treated me that way, or why the the uh, relationship I just got up got out of, um, you know, why I responded to her the way I did. You know what I'm saying? So I was trying to um, give why I was responding the way I responded and how I was acting towards people. How I was doing. So I was just trying to give a different perspective. So <clears throat> now. As you said, a lot of your music and uh, the projects um, are personal driven. Have you ever got any like any flashback or got any someone like you know asked you about hey why did you put this in the song or anything from people that you dealt with like that you say you had breakups and stuff like that? Have those people ever got at you about uh, about those songs? You know what's crazy is that, that so journey to success was about my ex fiance, mm -hmm. best friend today. You know what I'm saying? And she, oh, I, I tell her about that tape all the time, and I don't think she's ever listened to it. 
Oh, wow. Probably like one or two songs off of it, bro. I don't know if she don't like it or she just knew it was about her and she just ain't, you know what I'm saying? But I don't get too personal and say, you know. Names. Yeah, I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. Now, when you did drop Master Peel, like I said, I remember when I bought it off Bandcamp. Like I said, my it was my birthday the day before, and I can remember sitting at my computer, and when I heard you just how you started it all off, and I was like, man, this man is just like, it's, he's, he's to amaze me. And it's just like, he's asking the question, why this dude is not, why is he doesn't have the attention that he needs? Like, that's exactly what I kept asking myself because it's like, damn, our city, a city of Memphis got so many dope individuals, man. It, it, it's just crazy because you listen to uh, records like Dedication and The Night. Because I, uh, I remember uh, hearing that, The Night, and that was like one of my favorites also. And I just wanted to see like that whole myth hop scene that was going on at the time. I wanted to see that right there and get that spotlight because you guys deserve it. And it was a bunch of it was a bunch of y'all. Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> oh man, man, but talk about those times, man. Like those experiences because you did a lot of shows too during that time. Because I remember you doing like the first Dream Fest and stuff like that. I guess people just like the music, bro. That's I, I mean, that's really all I can think of, man. Um, I ended up so before I even did Dream Fest, um, I did a show, um, for Ale Unique. Like she was in the back uh, car accident at the time, and um, we did like an event for her, and mm -hmm. then for my bigger shows, and um, that's how I ended up meeting Cat. Yeah, shout Cat. Me and Cat ended up becoming friends, um, but prior to that, um, I guess Cat heard my music. I don't know where she heard my music from. Her and her wife, um, they heard my music and um, they reached out. They interviewed me for the for the um for the Dream Fest. Um and I was yeah, I, I'm down shit. Um but I, before I left, before I moved to Missouri, man, I was I was trying to do as many shows as I could, man. Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think I worked as hard as I, I could have. Um I think I could have done way more shows. I think I could have done, you know, way more shows out of the city. But at the same time, bro, I gotta, I got, I'm, I'm, I have stage fright. Oh, I wouldn't, I'm, I wouldn't expect that from you, to be honest with you, bro. I'm an introvert at heart, bro. Like honestly, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 be, I be talking shit on Facebook and shit like that, but I'm, I'm super calm and quiet, bro. I don't really talk much unless I'm like real, real cool with you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but nah, bro, I got real bad stage fright, man, and that's why a lot of the shows didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Because I ended up getting spooked out or. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, that's part of the reason why I don't really perform now, because it never got any better. Oh, so, okay. Uh, but no, I when I was doing shows, man, it was it was around though that collective of people, bro. Like it seemed like it was the same people at the same show. So I got comfortable around them enough to perform in front of them. Mm -hmm. And then when I got in front of new new people or whatever, you know, I'd be nervous, but it's like you know, this is the career I chose, so I'm gonna continue putting on. You know what I'm saying? All right. Now, you were still uh, releasing freestyles and stuff like that. One of my favorites is the on and on joint. Like, and then I was happy when you put out a visual for it. 
But also between uh, Mass Appeal, because uh, also you was like, you were doing some features also. And but there was like a big gap between Mass Appeal and then was it uh, Omega Vision? Yeah, Omega Vision, yeah. And which it was, a, it, that was a very dope EP. I was kind of like mad that you turned into an EP, but with doing what music was going at the time and you know, the attention span of listeners, I see why you did that. But you put together a great uh, project, and of course, more life is my favorite record and visual. Okay, I got you. Man, talk about putting that uh, that visual together, man. That was like you always had some dope visuals, like no cap, like you always had some dope visuals. But man, uh, talk about putting that one together, man. More, uh, more to life, man. That shit right there is bumping. Honestly, man. When so whenever I write my music, I see the video for it in my head already. And I, whoever I get with to direct it, I think the only only video I didn't really direct was the night. Isaiah kind of he asked me what I thought. I gave him a couple of my ideas, and for the most part, they were his ideas. But mm -hmm. the majority of my videos are my ideas um, and how I see the vision for the song. Uh, that song in particular, bro, man. <laughs> Even though it was a personal song, it was like, I feel like so many people can relate to this. Yes. So, you know, when I talked to my, so I, um, I'm, so this is the guy that did, uh, the same guy that did that video, did Purpose, and he did, um, I got it in my notes, Purpose too. Yeah. So Purpose, this video, and he did, uh, Change is Inevitable. That was, that was the first video he did of mine. Mm -hmm. Got cold. He, he's super cold on the videos but i just I, I went to him and i told him my ideas and i was like yo i wanted to do this i want to do that i want to do this i want to be here at this specific time i want to be here and he was like okay cool let's do that because uh, i would honestly bro i wouldn't even suppose to shoot that, that video i wouldn't even suppose to shoot purpose at first i was supposed to shoot so this is how it worked that song mm -hmm. supposed to be the song i shot first and the video i had for it i mean it, it kind of made sense but it didn't kind of make sense so it was like um the video was all the music video was all me right mm -hmm. but it's gonna be different characters in me at all like all the scenes like i was i was sitting in the studio room i get up i walk into the uh the the room the camera spins around and then i'm out of sight of the camera and now i'm walking past the camera now. like mm -hmm. a bunch of that going on so it was like that was the music video at first, and it was going good, bro. It just took so long, and it was like, bro, we don't have to, we don't have to do something else. So that's when we ended up doing purpose, and uh, <laughs> we ended up doing purpose, bro. And I didn't even know the words to it. <laughs> what? I'm trying to wrap the words to the video because if you look at purpose, bro, all those scenes are just random. Like none of those scenes were planned out. None, of, none of that. We were just like, hey, bro, let's, let's get, let's get the camera and let's just record the music video. No, I didn't remember none of the words to the song. I was surprised, <laughs> <it>, like, <laughs> but um, it turned out that, that that actually is my favorite video though, because of the graphics that he did for it. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, bro, I didn't know the words to that. And then this one, it, like I said, it was just it was super personal. Um, I felt like people been at a, at an all time low before. Um, I felt like people got into a high. And they made some decisions that they shouldn't have made, and they ended up back where they started at. So I mean, that's mm -hmm. how that song came from. 
Oh man, because I remember uh, when you you did. I want to say uh, you was uh, sharing bits and pieces of it uh, as you was promoting, and then you finally released it. And when I finally when I finally saw the visual for More Than Life, and I was like, bro, like how is this not have the attention that it's supposed to? Like, come on, like, people need to wake up. And it's the song, period. It's just, we, I'm going to be real with you. This is my personal opinion. I don't think we're at that phase of music anymore. You know what I'm saying? That that type of real realism. Um, don't nobody really want to hear that shit. You can't play that in the club. You can't play that, you know. You can't dance to it. You can't twerk to it. It's got to be one of them situations where you ride in the car alone or something, or uh, you sitting at the house chilling and, or you at work or something like it's just one of them songs that you can listen to and relate to, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so yeah. I mean, as bad as I want those songs to be popular, I mean it's just it's not the time for it right now, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So. Which is you know, it's definitely understandable because you know, I of course I am a hip hop head, but you know, I, I I'm just like you. We I live in reality and I know that, but it just it asks that question because you really put messages in your records. Mm-hmm. And you you have quotable uh, bars. Okay. I remember days where I barely had lint to my pocket, but ever since I got sense in my wallet, I've been spending it more than often. I was like, yeah, mm. yeah. I was like, Come yes. I, I mean, I ain't gonna say we did just came from nothing because we had a little something, but we, you know, we were still kind of we still kind of broke though. So I mean, but when you get to the point where you have something, you know what I'm saying. Like damn, all this shit that I never had, I want to get it. I'm gonna spend money on this. I'm gonna spend money on that. I'm gonna spend, and I became addicted to buying shoes. Like I, I wanted certain shoes that I could. My mom could never afford shoes I wanted, man. None of them. And I was like, man, when I get some money, bro, I'm buying every pair that I ever wanted. And I started doing that, bro. And I, man, I just spent so much money. <laughs> now, what thing I'm gonna commit you on? You you uh, you got drip. You definitely got drip, man. Like far as the casual, the dress love, the suits and stuff like that, man. You definitely you a one with the drip. I can't even front on that. Now I want to know, man. Uh, you got a lot of popping off with your new brand, Rocket Socks. Okay. <laughs> which I'm definitely gonna have to shop with you very soon. Okay. Man. How did that come together, man? And I'm pretty sure a lot of people may be listening to this and uh, looking at this and they're thinking like, well, he has a sock brand. How hard that could be to put that together? What was the whole process of even making that that brand Rocket Sock a, a reality for you? So like I told you, bro, I was in the shoes. Like I've always been known for my shoes and my socks. Like I always bought like creative socks to go my shoes or whatever. And um, somebody was like, I can't remember who said it, bro. It was, it was a couple people that said it to me. I know one of my exes said it to me, but a friend said it to me too. That was like, why don't you just start your own sock? Like you, you spending some money on these socks. Like, why don't you just create your own brand? And all the time, I, I, I used to think all the time, like, bro, who the fuck is finna walk into a box store, bro? Like that shit don't make sense. <laughs> I ended up, you know, I, I moved to Oregon for a couple years. Yeah. I was living over there. Um, and uh, I, we ended up moving to Portland. And on the outskirts of per- Portland, it was this, um, it was a sock store, bro. I never been to a sock store in my life. So I go in there, it's over 10,000 pairs of socks, man. And the store, hey, wow. I'm talking about from the second we walk in, it's like 10 people over here, it's like seven people over here. 
And dog, they just take into the counter like, you know what I'm saying? Like eight, ten pairs of socks. And it's like these socks ain't cheap either. They're like $14, $15. So it's like they spending some money in it. And I'm like, man, I turned this idea down five years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. I, like five years ago, I could have had my own brand, but I was just thinking like this shit impossible. I ain't about to buy this shit. Nah, man. This ain't gonna work. Exactly. So I moved back to Memphis. Uh and uh I had a friend, um, uh, Brittany Hill. <laughs> and once she brought it up again, I was like, fuck, go ahead and do it. Um she helped me come up with a name. I reached out to my homie Mike Murder. Um, whatever you go by, I reached out to him, told him, Hey, I need uh, a logo for my socks. He came up with he came up with maybe five, six different logos. But uh he did the uh, the two that I chose are two that I use now. Mm-hmm. Um, so um yeah, bro, that's really how it started, to be honest with you. Just being in love with sauce, bro. <laughs> Were you I don't know, because I know I, I, sometimes I'm I'm modest at times because I, I even get shocked when people get at me and say, hey, man, I saw your uh, interview with so-and-so. I'm like, man, you watch my shit? Like, I, like I, get, I still get surprised that people tune into my stuff. So when stuff started to kick off for you, as far as people supporting your brand and stuff like that, were you like, were you surprised? Was I surprised? No, I mean... They really sell themselves, bro. I mean, I you know, I come up with some of the designs. Um, I create some of the designs. I make some of the socks myself. Um, it's just those things where you just know it's And I can do it with that. I mean, I get surprised all the time on my music. Like somebody inboxed me earlier today. Um, they was like, man, these songs right here still in my playlist. Like I ain't even, I ain't posting no music in, the, in about a couple weeks now. So um, I, I still get surprised by that, but with the brand now, nah, I feel like people people love socks. People love uh, creativity. People people love standing out, and that's a great way to do that. <clears throat> so. Man, uh, far as with the brand right now, what more can we expect, bro? Because you be having the pop up shops and stuff like that, man. I be seeing you. I be seeing you, bro. I got some. I got some stuff planned. I still, I still, um, I still do like pop up shops and stuff like that. Like I'm not too big above that. Like that's where a lot of my money come from. Like the pop up shops. Um, but I got, man, I got a couple a huge events coming up. Um, one of the events is Bonnaroo. Um, uh, I I can't remember if it's three or four days. I think it's three days, but that's the biggest event I got coming up. And uh, I'm too excited about that. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm still in the process of working on. Uh, I'm working on my mobile store. I got a mobile store I'm working on. Um, I just got things I got to fix, and you know, and once once I'm done with that, man, get all the paperwork and everything done, I'm I'm on the road. Oh <laughs> uh, man, well, it's yes, it's all love and support over here. So definitely, when you. Got your mobile store up. Trust me, I will be sharing the link and everything, man. Now, uh, before we get out of here, you made a post uh, a couple of days ago, probably like a week ago. And uh, I want to say you somehow some you semi-retired when it comes to music. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it. I saw it. Look, all right. So, <laughs> let me 
you asked me where these uh these breaks come in between the music. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, that's <laughs> it comes because I told you, bro. Honestly, if the second time I came back to music and I started pursuing it like for real, for real, like um when I dropped Mass Appeal, that's when I started taking it like really serious. Like I started looking at this as a like actual career. Mm. Um I started traveling more. I started going to other cities, other states doing music. I started going to, you know, uh, doing bigger interviews and all that other good stuff. And the more and more I saw the industry, bro, it was just like, I don't really want to be a part of this, bro. Like I told you, I'm an introvert. So when me, so my biggest interview was at, um, it was in Atlanta. I was with Indy One at the time, mm-hmm. and um, it was it was at a, this famous studio, bro. Like everybody recorded here, bro. Ti, Rick Ross all these people, bro. And uh, we did an interview there. And uh, man, I'm talking about, it's like four or five different cameras, like seven different lights, people going in and out, you know what I'm saying? Trying to get everything together, bro. And it was like, do I really want this, man? Like, I don't really, I don't really like this. I want to be a part of this. Yeah, so it's like, the more and more I thought about it, plus I told you I got a free performance. So it's like, the more and more I thought about it, I was like, it's really, I want, you know what I'm saying? And um, kind of put the mic down for a minute, and I kind of focused on my other career. Like I, I was trying to become an electrician, which I love doing. Um, it's just it's something about music, bro. Like regardless of me trying to get away from it, bro, I always get pulled back into it. So that's how I ended up dropping on and on because I, you know, I told you I left music and then came back on and on was the first freestyle I did. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, since I've seen you, that was the same. Style, then I dropped a couple more videos. I left, came back, and then the Omega Vision was the project um, where I, you know, got back into music again, bro. And then you hit him with the uh, solo, uh, silhouette uh, freestyle. That was random, bro. Like, yeah, it's just out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. No lie, bro. I was on Instagram one day and I seen the silhouette challenge going down my time. I was like, this shit sex as him, but I'm like, bro, look, the, the beat was hard though. I was, mm-hmm. like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna write to this. I, I heard the beat, I wrote to it that night, recorded it that night, and then the next day I had to mix it and then I put it up. Damn, just like that, it, bro. It usually, t- it, it usually take me about my a few days to write a verse, a week to write a verse, but in this particular moment, it was just something that I wanted to say so bad. Like when I pinned it down. Like I said, I recorded it, and then it was out the next day. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy, man. Damn, but I like before we get out of here, and like I said, I can I can see where exactly where you're coming from when you like you say you're being around the cameras and you just be starting to move around and you just start start seeing the real stuff that's going on in the industry and it could it could basically be a turnoff. You like you ask yourself like, do I really want to be? A part of all of this, and that's I, I definitely understand it. But regardless, if you even put out any more music today, I feel like, in my opinion, you still gonna go down as one of the most superb lyricists coming from our city of Memphis, man. And I put you up there, no cap. Appreciate that. Nah, I will. I put you. I said MCs, not just rapper or anything like that. I say MCs. I got I got a couple projects coming. Actually, I got two EPs and an album coming. So I mean, it's it's some stuff in the works, man. This album I've been working on this man since 
my whole life, bro. Like I've been right forever. So um I say two thousand well not my I'm gonna say two thousand fourteen, but it's really when I started working on this project. Like uh the project I posted the album cover and everything, bro. I got so excited and thinking I was gonna finish it within that year and then I never I never put it out. But I'm still writing songs for that, you know what I'm saying? Um, when I lived in Oregon, I wrote an EP out there. Uh, so the, that EP is going to actually be a, be a I'm living in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, me and Kingpin, we got a oh. so. <laughs> Come on now, you and Kingpin, who, who is, I said it on many episodes, he was a very underrated producer. <laughs> Dude, like I be, I sitting there, like I uh, look at his Instagram videos, and he be cooking up, and just like I'm like, he come up with stuff that nobody is like coming up with. Like he's using sounds and drums and stuff that I don't hear in other people's production. It's just like it, it make you make that mm face, like it's nasty. You know, he was a percussionist too, though. He plays snare drum, so that's why all those those effects and those those drum loops and all that stuff come from. Like when he do this shit, that come from him playing the percussion. Um, mm. I will say this though, uh, we are now officially a group or a duo. Uh, Omega Vision is actually the name of the, the duo. Um, so not even just the projects anymore. That's what we call it now. Um, it's crazy because I know we got to go, but I, it's crazy because it started from him. It was a beat tape. I don't know if you know it at first. It was called Cable Vision at first. Mm-hmm. It was a beat tape at first. And he was like, uh, he said, man, I, I need somebody to rap on this. And he said, uh, the first person that came to mind was me. He was like, bro, I need you to rap in these beats. He said, I don't want to, I don't want no hook. I don't want no song. I want you to just rap, like just rap through the entire beat. So that's why uh, I think three of those songs, three out of the four, five, don't have hooks on them. But more to life was so good, bro. I was like, bro, there's gotta be a song. But there's no way I'm just gonna rap to this and not be a song. There ain't gonna be a song, so <clears throat> oh man. So I can't wait to hear it. I definitely can't wait to hear it, man. I'm definitely gonna be one of the first and biggest supporters of that. So like with that right there, when you guys be in the group, um, is that like a almost like a, a premiere and guru kind of thing as far as like gang stars or something like that? What you guys? Uh it's it's something like that. It's just you know we we our own. We still our own. You know what I'm saying? Like he still do his thing. I still do my thing, bro. But when we come together and create music, bro, it's it's, it's awesome, bro. Like I think one, I think he's one of the best producers out the city, if he not the best. You know what I'm saying? So uh, he he bring the best out of me, honestly, bro. For real. Now, now, man, if, uh, anyone who's listening to this and uh, or maybe looking at this, uh, man, how can they tap in with you on social media? Man? Uh, everything is pretty much either Omega Forte or Rocky Socks. It's Omega Forte, O M E G A F O R T E, uh, Rocky Socks, R O C K Y A S O X, um, RockySocks.com. Pretty much, um, that's how you can find me on all social media. Or just online period. So, all right. Uh, to anyone who's listening, anyone's looking at this, the, um, for your Rocky socks, for you can support my guy's brand right here. He got some dope, dope, dope socks. I will be putting the link in the description box right here. 
So therefore, you guys have to support him, man. But I like to thank you for taking your time out and your busy schedule, man, to be on my podcast. I thank you, man. Oh, thank you for the for the invite, man. I appreciate you reaching out, man. No problem, man. This is Omega Forte. I'm JJ Moss, and we are out. Yeah.